Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. And we started off two weeks ago uh, talking about how we were making a change in the language of our mission. Not a change in our mission, but what we wanted to do is to recognize the culture that we live in and the language that was used in the New Testament in the, in the second half of the Bible, the, Bible, the part of the Bible that records uh, the life of Jesus and, and the start of the church. We wanted to align our language with that language. And so in the very first week, what we said was that we wanted to make sure that our mission and that we stayed on mission and make sure that every week that we talked about our mission... And our mission is simply this. Our mission is to meet people where they are and to inspire them to follow Jesus. And last week, what we talked about was the keystone habit. And a keystone habit is simply a habit that that causes you to fall into line with other habits. It's one habit that you do, and then you start other habits that come as a result of that keystone habit. And for us here at Grace Point, our keystone habit from the very beginning was to invest and invite. That we would... As a church, invest in the lives of the people that are around us, our friends, our neighbors, our family members. And then when the opportunity came, that we would invite them to one of our events to invite them to come to church. And in the very beginning, this was the key to our success. And one of the reasons that it was so important is that because of investing and inviting and just this idea that what we are doing here is for the people who are to come and not for the people who are already here, It kept us focused on our mission. It kept us aligned with what it was that we wanted to accomplish. And it ensured that when we measured what we were doing, that we were measuring it against the right thing. And it made us better on every level. And for many of you who have invested in people and who have invited people to come, one of the things that you've probably found out that you've seen in your lives is that when you give somebody an opportunity to come and meet Jesus, that you give them an opportunity to completely change the direction of their life. You give someone the opportunity to experience life change. Now, this isn't anything new. This isn't something that we just started here, that we figured out finally. This is actually as old as the church itself is. It's something that they were dealing with at the very beginning, from the very start of the church that they were trying to figure out what was it that they were going to do. How was it that they were going to make a difference in the lives of the people who were living around them? So today, before we, uh, or as, where we dive into Scripture today, what I want to look at is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Rome. Now, most theologians will tell you that the book, that letter, that, that ancient manuscript that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, uh, which today we call the Book of Romans, they will tell you that that is one of the most theologically rich books of Scripture. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a little segment of it, a little part of that book that Paul wrote to the Roman church explaining to them what they needed to do, and by extension, explaining to us the reason why it's so important for us to keep investing and inviting as a church at the forefront of everything that we do. So here's Paul, and he's, he's writing this letter, and um, he starts off this way. It's in 
For those of you who want to follow along, it's in Romans chapter 10, verse 5. And uh, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, For Moses writes, and Moses was, you know Moses, Charlton Heston, right, on, on the mountain. This is Moses, the Ten Commandments. This is the guy. He says, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Now, this is nothing new. Even today, there are many people who believe this. And and what Paul is telling us here is, is that in Moses' time, when, when the Big Ten came out, the Ten Commandments, when it came out, that was the way that people tried to make themselves good with God, to get God's approval to get right standing with God. He says that back then it was the law. It was the rules. And it wasn't just the Ten Commandments because they had 600 plus more commandments that they had come up with in order to make sure that you didn't even come close to breaking the Ten Commandments. So here's Paul and what he's saying is, is listen, in Moses' time, there was a law and to get right with God, you had to obey the law. That was the guideline. Obey the law and you get right with God. And then listen to what he says. He says, but, as as opposed to what Moses' time was, he says, but, faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead? See, he's saying, listen, this is not the way. But I know that many of you think that this is the way. And I read this and I think to myself, this is exactly how I was raised. And maybe many of you were. That we were raised thinking that everything is about whether you are going to go to the place up or to the place down. That everything was about either heaven or hell. And for many people, the decision that they made to become a Christian had nothing to do with a relationship with God. It had to do with whether or not they wanted to make a decision about going to heaven, but more often, it was fear of going to hell. And so here's Paul, 2,000 years ago, talking to the church, the early church, and telling them the same thing that so many people today are dealing with. That we are thinking that being right with God has only one thing, it only matters in one area. Whether you're going to heaven or whether you're going to hell. But he's saying, listen, that's what, that's what other people say. That's not what faith says. And he goes on, in fact, in, in verse 8, and he says this. In fact, it says, and he quotes now a passage from Isaiah, a passage from the Old Testament scriptures. He says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. Now, I want you to hold on to that for a second, because we're, we're going to see that he's got something very specific that he's talking about here. See, he's saying that the message, that message of faith, that message of how do I get right with God, that it's not far away, that it's not something that is so difficult that we can't get to it. He's saying that it's so close. It's right there. It's within your grasp. And he says, it's on your lips and it's in your heart. And then he says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
And what he's talking about there when he says saved is not just a heaven and hell saved. It is a, am I going to get right standing with God? Is God going to be on my side? Is God going to look down on me and say, yes, that's one of my kids. And he's saying, listen, all of that stuff that you had been told that was told before, that was the time of Moses, but today it's something different. He says, today, this is what it takes to get right standing with God. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then he tells us how. He says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. He doesn't say it is by making sure that you are perfect and never break one single law. Right? He doesn't say that. It's not make sure that you don't ever sin and when you do, you immediately ask for forgiveness because if there ever is a moment where you sin but you don't ask forgiveness and something happens and you die, you are not going to heaven. Sound familiar? That's not what he says. He says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And then he says this amazing thing. Because this is the part that at this time and in this period that people were worried about. Because in this time, this message was coming from people who had a Jewish background. They had a very Jewish, very religious background. And the first thing that the people who did not have a Jewish background, the people who were the people who were in Rome, the first thing that they thought was, hold on a second, this is the God that the Jews were worshiping Maybe this is only for the Jews. Just like some people today say, yeah, you know, going to church is cool, but that's just for church people. That's not for me. I wouldn't be welcome there. Listen to what Paul says. He says, for everyone, everyone. I've been going to church my entire life Everyone. I've never set foot in a church before. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, he's saying that there is no restriction. That there is nobody that is beyond God's reach. That there is no one who is unqualified to be called by God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what a great message that is. And that's really the message that we have been trying as a church. It was our part is to go out and to get people to see that. And as important as it is for us, Paul is going to tell us in these next couple of verses why it is so important for us to make sure that our keystone habit of investing and inviting stays at the forefront of everything that we do. Listen to what he says. He's saying right here, the first thing thing he's saying is, listen, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? In other words, if everyone who calls is saved, how are they going to believe him so that they will make that call? How can they call on him 
to save them unless they believe in him. And then he says, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? Right? This makes sense. How can I believe in somebody who I've never heard of? I mean, we have trouble believing in people that we know. How can we believe in somebody that we don't? And then listen how he wraps it up. He says, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard of him, about him? And then he says, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? In other words, all of the people who live in our cities, who live in our communities, all of the people who are in your lives today, how are they ever going to be able to call on the name of the Lord to be saved if they don't believe? And how are they going to believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear unless we tell them? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And this is the exciting thing for us. And this is the sobering thing for us. That every single person here, every one of you who is watching us online today, you are somebody's someone. You are somebody's someone. That there is a somebody in your life that is waiting for you to be the someone that lets them hear about Jesus. You are somebody's someone. And that's why investing and inviting is so crucial. Because Investing and inviting has the potential to change someone's future. It has the potential to change someone's family's entire future. So as a church, we're going to put investing and inviting back at the front of everything that we do. It's going to be the center of everything that we do. And we kind of got away from it, and, but we are going to take it up to a whole new level. But here's part of the problem. After a few years, our natural tendency is to grow into a circle of friends that is the same friends. We see them all the time. We see them during the week. We see them at night. We see them on the weekends. It's the same circle of friends that we see all the time. This is a very natural thing. And for many of us, we've already invited everyone we know. We've already made the invitation. And there's just no one else in our circles. So today, what we are going to do is we are going to take it up a notch. We're going to start doing something else that we are going to invite, but not just the people that we know, not just the people that we work with, not just the people that we live next to, but starting today as a church, we are going to create a new habit of inviting strangers to church. All right, did you feel that thing in the back of your neck? Hold on a second. Inviting strangers to church. How's that going to work? I'm going to tell you how it's going to work. What we're going to do is we're going to get into the habit of inviting strangers to work. And how we will... Or to work. Don't invite strangers to work. <laughs> that will be weird. Inviting strangers... No, well, actually, for some of you, that's not weird. You want to invite strangers to your work. Um, listen, what we're going to do is this. We get into the habit of inviting strangers to work to church when we hear one of the three knots. And we talked about this last week. That when we hear one of the three knots, 
that we are going to take that opportunity to invite that person to church. That when someone says, when we hear someone, and the first not, when we hear someone say, well, they're not in church right now. That we'll take that opportunity to go up to them and say, oh, you're not in church. Well, you know what? You should come to Grace Point. You'll have a good time there. That when you hear the second knot, that it's not, not going well. That there's something in their life that's not going well. That they're, that they're having problems at work or they're having challenges dealing with a family situation. And you hear about it and you go, oh, you having trouble at work? Yeah, I totally get that. You know what? You should come to my church. Or the third knot, not prepared for. Just moved into the area, brand new, living here in South San Francisco. Had no idea that house payments are going to be this high. Yeah, I totally get that, man. It's tough living in the city. You know what? You should come to my church. That whenever we hear one of the three knots, that it would automatically trigger something inside us that we would say, hey, yeah, I totally get that. You know what? You should come to my church. And we're going to do this now for complete strangers. I'm talking about you're sitting in a restaurant and the guys at the table next to you are talking and you hear them hear one of the three knots and you just lean over and say, listen, I don't mean to intrude. But I totally get that. I, I'm dealing with some of that same stuff. Listen, you should come to my church. You should check it out. Now, I'm not kidding about this. I heard about other churches that have been doing this. And so for the last four weeks, I've been doing this. I've been going up to people when I hear one of the three knots, one time in line at Safeway, and it was awkward, and it was not something that I'm accustomed to doing, but I did it. And let me tell you why I'm not embarrassed to do that. I look around at the gatherings that we have every week, and I think to myself, why wouldn't everyone in Daly City or South San Francisco or San Bruno or Pacifica or anywhere in the Bay Area, why wouldn't they want to be a part of what you have created here? Why wouldn't they want to be a part of what, what we are doing here? Whatever it is that they might be doing on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock is nothing compared to this environment that all of you have helped create. Uh, I have had people come and visit here, pastor friends of mine who have churches in the area, churches from outside of the area, and they come here and they cannot stop raving about what you guys do every week. They come in here and they tell me, you know what? That is the most amazing place I've ever been. Everybody is so friendly. Everybody was so warm. They made me feel at home. I started to wonder if maybe I should move here because of what you guys do every single week. So yes, we're going to continue to invite our friends and our family members, but we are going to start to invite strangers to church. And we're going to listen for the three knots. And when we hear one of them, our response is going to be, oh yeah, listen, I totally get that. You know what? You should come to Grace Point Church. And when you think about your story, and maybe you think about the stories of people you know, baptism stories, when people are baptized and, the, and you hear about how it was that they came to faith. One of the stories that you hear so often is, yeah, I got invited. Yeah, m- you know, my neighbor, they invited me to church and, and they invited me m- probably 10, 20 times and I always blew them off. But one day I couldn't do it anymore without being so embarrassed. So I came and I didn't know what happened. 
But the music was there, and I started to feel something inside me, and then I heard something, and it was almost like, like the pastor was talking directly into the situation I was dealing with in my life. And it went from there. And we have the opportunity to let everyone in our lives and everyone whose path that we cross have that same opportunity. So why would we not do this? Now, there is a specific invitation that I want you to give when you invite someone to church. A very specific invitation. When you hear the three knots, when you hear them say... I'm not in church, things aren't going well, or I'm dealing with something that I'm not prepared for. What I want you to say to them is this. This is the invitation. Come sit with me. This is what we're going to do now. It's not going to be any more, hey, you know, you should come check out our church. No. Hey, I go to this really great church, and whenever you have time free, no. You know what? You should go online. No. We are not doing any of that anymore. Whenever we run into somebody who we think is ripe for an invitation to church, what we're going to say is, you know what? I totally get that. You should come visit my church. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Now, I know that that can be awkward. I know that sitting here, it sounds like it's awkward. But listen... It gets the commitment and it makes sure that they know that they're not going to walk into a strange place that they've never been to before and have to sit there alone. When you hear one of the three knots, invite them and then say to them, come sit with me. Now, let's say it all together. Even those of you who are watching us online, we're going to all say it together right now. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Not come to church sometime. Come sit with me. And my pledge to you is this. Every single week, I am going to invite a stranger to church and invite them to come sit with me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, but pastor, I volunteer here. And if I invite somebody and I'm supposed to be doing something else, what's going to happen? No, I'm going to give you an out. Listen, if you are a volunteer and you invite someone to come sit with you, you text me. I don't care if it is at right before service on a Saturday afternoon. You text me and you tell me, I invited someone and they're going to sit with me. And we will find somebody to take your spot, even if I have to do it. Awesome. Or find someone to do it. <laughs> Listen, this will do more than anything else to make sure that our focus stays on what our focus needs to stay on. That we won't evolve into a place where all we care about is doing what makes us feel good. Because that isn't a church. That is not what we were created here to do. What we were created and the reason that we gather together is because we're trying to create a place and create an environment where people have an opportunity to meet Jesus the same way that you and I had an opportunity. This is going to do more for our mission and to keep us on focus on making a difference in our community than anywhere else. That when we hear the three knots, not in church, not going well, not prepared for, 
that we make that invitation. You know what? You need to come and check out my church. Come on. Come, sit with me. Now, I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you. I'm going to give you the elevator pitch that you can use. um, You know, contextualize it, personalize it for yourself. But I'm going to give you an elevator pitch. And for those of you who don't know what an elevator pitch is, an elevator pitch is simply a 15-second description of what it is that you are trying to to, get. well, most times it's to sell somebody, but in this, in this case, we're not selling anything. We just want to give people an opportunity to meet Jesus. So, this is our elevator pitch. That when someone asks you, oh, you go to church? Tell me what your church is about. What kind of church is it? You will say, okay, let me tell you about my church. Um, you know how life is complicated? I mean, you got kids and job and... Sometimes just living in this place, it's just, it's tough. You know, you know how life gets complicated sometimes? Well, you know how you want to get it right? At Grace Point Church, we just want to help. That's it. Nice and simple. Let me tell you about my church. You know how life is complicated? Yeah, I guess. Believe me, I know. Well, I know that you want to get it right, right? We all do. Well, at my church, we just want to help. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Listen, we don't have to have all the answers. When someone says, is, is, is it going to be, you know, like I'll get all the answers to everything in life? No, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the solutions. But what we know is this. Following Jesus will make your life better and following Jesus makes you better at life. And so when we talk to somebody, when you talk to that stranger, And they say, oh, you go to church? What's that like? Well, you know how life is complicated? And I know you want to get it right. Well, at Grace Point, we just want to help. You know, you should come sit with me. You should come sit with me. It's not scary for me to invite people to this church. Because every single person who has come through those doors that I've talked to, the one thing in common that they all had was that they said that when they came in, that they experienced warmth and welcome from all of you. That when they come into this place, it was almost like they were coming home. So why would I ever be embarrassed to invite somebody to come and experience this place, this space that you all have been a part of. So as we get through this, as we start going into the holiday season, and you know the holiday season is like, it's the best time for for you to make invitations for people to come to church. We are going to turn it up. We are going to take, invest, and invite, and we are going to set it in front of everything that we do, of everything that we talk about, of everything that we plan. We're going to work behind the scenes to make sure that you have the tools and put things in your hands so that you can make that investing and inviting and that inviting strangers to church even easier. Because we need you. Because at the beginning, we said it. When we say we are Grace Point, I mean we are Grace Point. You guys are Grace Point. And we need you. We need you up front. We need you behind the scenes. We need you throughout the week. We as a church have an opportunity to inspire people 
at this time more than we've ever had before. And someone long time ago, or maybe just a couple of weeks ago, extended that invitation to you. And wouldn't you want to be able to be the one to extend that invitation to someone else? This is how Paul wrapped up that section of Romans. He says this. He says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And all of us who are called, it's all part of the being sent. And he says this funny thing. He says, That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. And this was a reference to uh, something that happened a long time ago when the, the Israelites were in Babylon and they were captive and then the messengers came out and said that they were finally free. That after hundreds of years of bondage that they were finally able to get away and to go home free. And how beautiful that message is. I think Paul is saying to the church in Rome as he's saying to us today, listen, you, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about. You don't have anything to feel awkward about. Because the news that you are bringing into somebody's life, it's beautiful. And it's simple. It's not hard. So what we're going to do today, today I told you last week, we're going to give everybody a gift. So back there on that table that Gigi is going to be at, um, we have uh, this bag for everybody. It's a little canvas bag and it has the Grace Point a logo on it and the website, but if you'll notice that we took the word church out. It just says Grace Point. And this is the reason why. Is that when someone says to you, Grace Point, oh, what's that? That you'll say, well, you know how life is complicated? (laughs) And I know you want to get it right. Well, this is my church. You should come to my church. Come on, come sit with me. And inside the bag, everybody gets one of these shirts. And we have them in all sizes. Well, we have them in most sizes. So you get one of these shirts. Actually, I'm wearing mine today. It says, Raised to Life. Just a nice, simple little black shirt. But when somebody says, Raised to Life, what, what does that mean? Well, it's from my church. Your church... Well, you know how life is complicated? Inside the bag, we also have printed up these cards that have everything that we've been talking about over these last three weeks, the three knots on one side, and then a a little uh, reminder of our elevator pitch, and in big, bold letters at the bottom, come sit with me. Listen, the reason that we're doing this is because we understand, for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, one of the things that we understand is, is that if we don't give people an opportunity to, introduce, to get themselves introduced to meet Jesus, that they may never, ever, ever meet him. And that there are people who are in our lives today that we are their last best hope to get a chance to meet Jesus. And so at the start of this, is, of this uh, series, the, one of the things that we asked was, we asked, listen, this question, who is waiting for you to inspire them to follow Jesus? 
Who is waiting for you? So this is one of the things that we want to do. Because I know for some of you here who, are, who have been Christians for a while, some of you here, there's somebody in your life that you've been praying for, some people that in your lives that you have been inviting. It might be a family member, a neighbor, a friend, a relative. But what we're going to do is right now, Miss Kathy in the back. There she is. She's, she, she, she heard me. It takes a while for the sound to get back there. And Jenny is right there. And there's a couple of the buckets are on the shelves. There you go. So we've got a bunch of these little uh, wooden discs, right? And Miss Kathy and Jenny are going to come down the aisles and they're going to make sure that every one of you gets one or two. Go ahead and come in and start handing them out to everybody. And uh, there's some Sharpies inside there. There's some Sharpies on the back. And what we want you to do is this, is on these little discs, on one side, not on both sides, on one side, uh, we want you to write the name or the initials of that person in your life who is waiting for you to inspire them to follow Jesus. That person in your life that you've been praying for, that you have been hoping that they would come. And I know one of the things that happens, one of the challenges that we have is that, is that there are people and, and you know we pray for them whenever we remember, but sometimes we don't. So what we're going to do with these is we're going to take all of these discs and uh, there's a box... You see the box there in the back? There's a box in the back there, and you just drop them in. Name, initials, if, you want to, if you're really artistic and you want to draw a picture of them, well, then you must be really artistic. Um, but put it in there and drop it in there. And what we're going to do is um, we're going to, to create a map of the four cities that is the community that we believe God has called us to, which is... Uh, Daily City, South San Francisco, San Bruno, and Pacifica. We're going to create a map, and we're going to put these, these discs are going to be what's going to make up that map. And we're going to hang that in the back there every week, so that every week as we walk into this place, that we'll be able to stop and pray for those people. The people who have a chance to come and meet Jesus the same way that you and I did. So take as many discs as you want. In fact, if, if we run out, then we'll get some more uh, somewhere. We'll keep having them until we fin- finish up that map. Um, but please, as you go today, go to the back and grab a shirt. It's only if you are here today. I told everybody last week, uh, it, we've got enough for, for the people who are here today. And I said yes if you're here today, but I'm going to do something for those of you who are watching us online If you are watching us live online right now and you just comment and let us know that you want a shirt, if you've been watching us live, we are going to mail you a shirt and a bag uh, unless you are outside of the continental United States because that would be weird. Um, But for everyone else here, uh, we've got small to extra large. Please grab a shirt and grab a disc. There's somebody in your life whose entire life could change. Their entire life could change. And we want to pray with you for that person. We want to pray with you for that person. I'm somebody who grew up in the church my entire life and didn't realize that even though I was going to a Christian church, I wasn't a Christian. But somebody gave me the invitation Not just to go to church, but somebody gave me the invitation to meet Jesus. 
So my prayer for all of us is, is that as we go out there, that the people that we see, whether we've known them for all of our lives or whether they're the guy that's standing in front of us in line at Safeway, that when we hear one of the three knots, that we would take that opportunity to invite them to church. And it's easy. You already know how to do it. Because life is complicated. And we all want to get it right. And here at Grace Point, we just want to help. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.